everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 527, recorded today on uh, the 14th of March, which actually is fairly close to the Ides of March, after my terrible faux pas last week, which Rich very kindly uh, put me right out. Maybe it was a week before, I forget now, but it is now. Uh, this is Sonic Talk. It's the show that's dedicated to all things music technology, software, hardware, controllers, DJ stuff, performance, recording studios, uh, live production, all of that kind of stuff. And I want to say thank you very much to uh, our uh, chatties. We've got uh, our YouTube chatties there. Nice nice to see you all. And also our IRC chatties as well. I want to say thank you also to Isotope for providing the prize today. Uh, if you want to stay tuned, you can win an opportunity to, uh, or have an opportunity to win Isotope 8, which is their uh, mastering and uh, sort of finishing pr- plug-in suite. So stay tuned for that. Right. Oh, that threw me a bit. I hope. This Facebook video streaming thing is a real pain. I have to do it multiple times. Anyway, let's say hello. We'll start, actually, over here with Mr. Mark Tinley. Sonus Major, he's actually in his shop in Glastonbury, where I think, have you got people beating down the doors, or are you... Uh, yeah, I've got uh, people beating down the doors, and Michael Tyak from Circulars was just posting £50 notes underneath the door, so that's brilliant, isn't it? That is great. That's the, that's the sort of thing that you could be very easily excused for uh, just... Um, essentially stopping and doing as i'm sure you did mark tinley um runs a kind of boutique and interesting curiosity musical electronics and uh, other kind of stuff shop in glastonbury uh, you can find out about sonus magus how are you mark anyway, i haven't seen you for ages i'm all right yeah i'm sorry i've been very very busy doing this and uh it makes it more difficult to come on the podcast but i've just built a new computer for myself or rebuilt my computer and made and got it so that the uh uh, extension that runs the webcam is now working properly and it's not uh, doing the weird glitchy graphic thing that it was doing on this um, whatever this software we're using is called vmix call so uh, perhaps you will see more of me yes. yeah you're looking is the, the video is sharp so you've obviously got a decent bandwidth anyway lovely to have you there mark yep. and also uh, let's say hi to mr yoad nevo who is uh, in his studio in uh, london where he uh, produces and remixes and engineers and uh, also works uh, on developing plugins for waves how are you yoad i'm very well thank you and um I'm just going to say that uh, my mom is watching, so we have to come up with a really interesting show today. We have a right. challenge. <laughs> okay. I'm very pleased that your mum... Well, I hope that we can keep your mum interested though, with yeah, you on. I'm, She's going to so. be interested. Absolutely. What's your mum into? Maybe we should give She's her a wave. Mainly, mainly literature and, uh, and uh, stuff written in books rather than um, things with wires. But, uh, you know, who knows? She might be well, out of luck in today's shows. If I yes, see any exactly. bards walking past on the high street, I'll drag one in. I could do that. <laughs> Excellent. You could give us a bard alert. Okay. Yeah. Well, Yoad, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and uh, it's good to see My you. Pleasure. And I see you, we flipped your view around. And uh, you were telling me, is that, uh, that's a, I'm going to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but you actually told me earlier. That to your, your right, or is it your left? There's the polyvox. That's my left. Ah, so okay. on my left, there's a polyvox. Um, a weird Arturia um, mini micro, what's it called? Uh, brute, yeah. which is like the micro boot is actually, so the keyboard was taken out and the micro boot is just put instead of the keyboard. And the way I have it connected is that the micro boot is actually used as an oscillator. So oh, okay. it, has, it has no VCA at all. So it's constantly on. And it's going into the external input on the on the mini brute, so it's basically a mini brute with two oscillators, essentially. Ah, what you re- it feels like it's like I, I may have said this before, but it's like one of those uh, dishes you get at Christmas, which is a uh, a, a sort of uh, quail inside a chicken, inside a goose, inside a you know exactly, a turkey. Exactly. I think yeah. you probably you you could probably just about squeeze some kind of uh, Korg. Um, one of the Korg Volkers in there as well, and then you could go, you can have it three Maybe. ways. Maybe you should. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, and thank you very much for joining us, Yoad. Lovely to have you. And of course, uh, we have Mr. Rich Hilton, who is here fleetingly because he's in the middle of a big recording project and then off, off ski, uh, touring everywhere. So it's lovely to have you. How are you, Rich? Very well, thank you. Good. Rich, of course, uh, keyboards with Sheik and uh, Niall Rogers, studio guy, also working on his own production gig right now. How's that going? Where are you? Are you mixing yet, or are you still uh, still no, we're not arranging? Mixing. 
some more recording to do. We're taking a break until uh, May, and then we're going to come back and finish after I finish my first leg of touring. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, it's a because you can approach that in different ways, can't you? Do you think that sort of a break is actually quite good because you come back with a fresh perspective and a bit of time to have thought about what you've done? Or do you Absolutely. generally prefer to just keep rolling to keep the energy going? I just generally prefer to finish projects and however that works is fine <laughs> with me. But in this case, I'm perfectly happy to avail myself of the opportunity of taking a little time away from it because I've been at it pretty much nonstop for two months. So uh, walking away from it for a while, I'll miss it. And I really will look forward to coming back to it and finishing it. And it's, it's pretty close. A lot of it is pretty close. A few things Excellent. need to be brought along. Yeah. Excellent. And are you using any synthesizers in this project? And if so, which? There's a question for you. I've used, uh, I've used the Seaboard quite a bit. Um, all the synthesis on this project, I'm trying to make sure that this is accurate has been software right okay so far all right and uh i can talk about that if you want but yeah uh, what so uh, have you you got a go-to in that sort of for this particular project that you're using so far i've used omnisphere falcon which i'm in love with at the moment um as well as some of their libraries that's Uh, uvi isn't it i have used found i have actually found a use for some arturia soft synths Uh um uh what else i've used zebra i've um thinking now thinking thinking more than one arturia um i used absinthe for something on this i think i used massive for something on this um right okay so selection uh well i like going i like solving quote-unquote problems with different solutions all the time I try not to fall into patterns about the way I address a particular musical situation. So I can I'm constantly looking for new ways to come up with good musical solutions to certain things that I want to get done. So I like looking around shopping in the old plugins folder and seeing what it'll do. Yeah, no, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, often, often on a on a project, what one tends you kind of create a palette that you would work with. So you might, you might, make that palette and use it in the project but then uh, i mean that's the, certainly the way i've sort of worked or maybe it's even on into a single track but it, it sounds like you're kind of being a bit more uh, free with the uh, with the creative thinking than i probably would be so good for you yeah i'm not concerned about anything other than getting the best possible result and whatever works right now for that is fine with me whatever Jolly it's called good. or whatever it looks like Jolly good. There's some ticking in the background somewhere. I'm trying to figure out what that is. Ticking attack. I can't quite figure it out. I've, I've turned down Mark and I've turned down Rich, but it uh, not Rich, but uh, and Yoad, but it didn't seem to make any difference. Anyway, I'm sure we'll survive. So let's have a look at this. This is uh, artificial noise key control. So it's just a little MIDI widget, effectively, that takes a MIDI input, and you can create whatever scale you want on the white keys, and then the black keys become chords, which just seems like, you know, a fairly simple but quite an interesting idea in many ways. And that's kind of it. I mean, there's not much there's not much more to it than that, but I'm trying to think. I mean, this kind of could be the sort of thing that might be useful in a live situation where uh, perhaps if keyboards aren't your first... Uh, your first instrument, you might actually find that, you know, doing it this way would make it a lot easier for you to navigate around uh, around the set. I don't know. I, I, can you think of a use for this, uh, Yad? Is this something that, you know, I, you, I don't know how accomplished you are. Well, I'm not, I'm a guitarist, as you know, so I'm not as good on keyboards I get by, but um, the thing I was missing uh, on that little device, which seems quite cute, is just a simple transpose. Because this is like the first thing that I'm, you know, I play on the white keys. So I just transpose every, every kind of, um, Uh, you know, I just transpose to C. uh, So I can play C or A minor. And, uh, and this is something that I, that I'm missing there. And it seems like quite an obvious and. I'm just having a look at that. I don't know whether that knob on the right will just take whatever scale you're in. And it'll just transpose it from whatever you're playing. Oh, you have to define it first. Yeah, but I don't. First. I don't want. I I wouldn't want to quantize the scale necessarily. I just would like to 
transpose. Trans- like uh, a straight okay. transpose. Uh, but other than that, I think it's really cool. I think it's, it's you know, I would expect to see more devices that, that uh, manipulate MIDI in real time because back in the day, and I'm, I'm st- I, I still have four units of, I don't know if you remember it, uh, MIDI timepiece by uh, Mark of the Unicorn, which is a really, really cool um kind of midi patch and and routing and filtering and and also um converting so i used to to plug in a um a sustain pedal and convert it to a midi note so i could play bass drum and things like that okay yeah that's that's a unit from the the 80s or something like that and it's still very valid today and and it's quite surprising and at one point after switching to pc um i still use the atari so the midi was going through the atari which used to run cubase and i don't know if you remember it has the phrase synthesizer which was an amazing midi um kind of manipulator real-time manipulator so it was just running through doing all sorts of arpeggios and uh, and and things like that so yeah it's nice to see a device like that that does MIDI manipulation in real time, but I would expect, I mean, since they, they do have a processor, a real time processor that kind of can accept, accept the, the very simple MIDI commands and, and mess, mess about with them, with them, I would like to see a straight transpose and, uh, that, that, that could be good. Yeah, a lot of keyboards have that built in, I suppose. Mark, this strikes me the sort of thing that would uh, would 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 fit beautifully on the shelf in your shop because it's kind of niche and 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 useful, perhaps. Although maybe a bit too niche, I don't know. What do you think? Um, isn't this just an Arduino in a box with two knobs? Quite possibly, but I mean, I you mean, know, I, that doesn't mean that <laughs> that doesn't mean it's. I don't understand it. it. Maybe it would appeal to somebody that doesn't use a computer to make music, but I. I've got all of this in in Ableton, so I don't, I just don't understand it. I kind of looked at it and thought, I, I, it's like the, somebody's presenting this thing and saying, "Look at this new thing." Except it's the thing that we've had for like thirty years. So I, sorry, I don't, I don't get it. Maybe so. Other maybe than, so. Other than that, it's standalone. So somebody that doesn't have a computer or doesn't understand how to patch stuff in computers or write, or you know, little. Uh, kind of transformers in Logic or uh, whatever in Ableton. Who somebody who doesn't understand how to do that might find this useful, but to me, it's just—I don't know—it just seems like an awful lot of money for something that doesn't really do very much that I can't do already. I see. That's a very valid point. So, uh, that, so this sorry. is what it looks like. So I, I, think don't I, wanna, I don't want to diss it. it like, I love the design of it. I think it looks fabulous. It looks it's like just not for you. from the 1970s, doesn't it? But, <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's like a C1 like, or something. Saying that in a positive way, by the way. Yeah. Rich. Um, but Rich, no, I don't get it. You're, you're a, a keyboardist, so it probably would have had limited use for you. But it, it looks like it's just a, I like the fact that it exists, I suppose. And the, uh, uh, I wonder if there's other, other images I can find of it. What, what do you make of it? Does it have any... Uh, any, I suppose it probably wouldn't be all that useful for for you, <laughs> being it, it, an accomplished keyboard I'm, player. We're going to have an, a get off my lawn moment here. Um, <laughs> it's stunning to me the lengths to which people will go to avoid actually learning how to understand and play music. <laughs> Two hundred euros. That could buy you a, a, a few music lessons, I suppose. But yeah, it's technique, isn't it? It's like it's some sort of impossibly difficult task that isn't worthy of anybody's pursuit anymore because we can build this box that'll just play chords for you. Mm. Okay. I was going to tattoo it on my knuckles, actually. I was going to tattoo tone, tone, semitone, tone, 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 semitone. Is that it? That's what it is. Major, isn't it? (laughs) Am I right or have I got that wrong? I think that's about yeah, right. That's, that's correct, okay, well, yeah. maybe we should I move on then. If it was on my knuckles, it would help. Like I said, get off my lawn moment. I'm okay, the well, all right, the tonight. <laughs> all right then. Well, perhaps that's not such a hip. If you want to find out artificialnoise.ca, uh, it's uh, I think 199 bucks or 100. I think I think you can buy it now, whether you have to pre-order shipping in three to six weeks. But I guess it may well be. Uh, what does that say? 219 euro. Yeah. So 
yeah, it's a lot of money. If but if it's what you need, then that is what you need. I suppose you could get someone. You probably couldn't get you someone to build you that for that. I guess. But anyway, all right then. We'll move on. Uh, how about this? Let's try this one. Uh, this is sort of a trailer, but it's a, essentially a Eurac case, but it's a Eurac case which has got a whole load of utilities in it as as standard, which I think is actually a really good idea. So you get extra uh, LFOs, you get malts, you get splits, you get attenuators, all that kind of stuff, which I think makes quite a lot of sense to my ears. And again, it's a sort of niche thing. I'm going to go, uh, Rich, you haven't really entered the world of uh, Eurorack or Modular, but I mean, one of the things that I always find is, you know, you always think, oh, I haven't got that. Whereas a case that has that built in, I think is actually quite a powerful uh, p uh, possibility. Looks, it looks nice. Yeah, you're paying for it, but it looks nice. I mean, in other words, the, that functionality doesn't come free. No, but sure. If such is what you need. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't like to have that as part of the case, and unless you've got better ways to do it already. I think uh, we got two joysticks, three VCLFOs, one supple and hold noise, two processor, uh, CV processors, and a VCA. I mean, you can buy all this stuff in 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 other sort of you know modules that fit in the Eurorack thing. But I think Make Noise did a, something similar where they've got a cent. I forgot what it's called. It's the central bit that the fits one between thing. the one new thing, which is a similar. And it's like a bussing and a patching system, which again mm -hmm. makes certain sense for certain people on certain patches i don't know uh, yeah Ad, is this i know you you you've tried haven't you with the modular and you've got lots of it it's just finding the time would something like this make it easier for you to uh um take I'm, on board i think i've said it before i'm into like a 19 inch kind of rack format so uh so this is not quite a thing for me uh, it looks very interesting it looks very neat uh, the fact that it's powered so all you need is to to plug a few mod modules in and you 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 good to go it's 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 quite an, a neat uh, kind of starting point for someone who's who's venturing into the modular um realm really um what's uh, something there that i saw that the lfo ranges from uh whatever 10 seconds or something to uh, 18 hertz and it's either a mistake or I'm not quite sure what, why doesn't it go any faster? I uh, mean, it I'm could be really looking. nice to go t up to, I don't know, 5K or something like that to, to get into audio frequencies, but 18 hertz is a bit of an odd, you know, it's not like, it's kind of fast, but it's not like really fast. So you can't do any FM and, and things like that with it. Um, it's kind of okay as a traditional, you know, it's like the, the Gen SX1000 that I have here, which I love the sound of it, but the LFO doesn't really get any nearly as fast as, uh, but it's fine for, for something from the 70s. But uh, nowadays, I mean, why not make it faster? That's the only comment I have. Other, other than that, it looks... I don't know whether that's... Because I'm, I'm, I'm looking here and it says, uh, certainly uh, they... Going from almost stop several minutes per cycle into audio frequency range. So yeah, but that's but on the actual website it says um, not point zero zero one, which no, is ten, which is ten seconds, which is fine, um, up to eighteen. I'm just looking. I know. can't. I can't find that. So so, um, not, so either 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 it's a mistype. Or it's very strange. Yeah, the 18 hertz seems a bit. That's uh, isn't 18 hertz yeah. the uh, the frequency that you use. You get two 18 hertz and you you beat them and you end up with theta waves, which are the things that they used to use in uh, audio warfare. Yeah, it's like almost Maybe. like a brown a brown note, isn't the it? The brown note, yeah, something like <laughs> yeah. that. I don't, I don't know, Mark. Um, I know you're not into your which is surprising, really, because you've got a shop full of kind of interesting kind of electronic stuff. Is is have you not been be tempted? Have you not tempt, been tempted yeah, well, to get a bit of euro rack in? It's quite a big uh, investment, isn't it, to get like the whole thing going and to, and to decide which modules and everything. I mean, it looks nice. Uh, I really like the colours of the graphics on the uh, on the thing itself. Um, I would want wooden end cheeks on my euro rack stuff, though. Euro rack seems to me like you know, like an when I was a kid growing up, all my 
friends' dads had these amazing hi-fis and they always had like really good wood on them and stuff. And it seemed to be very important to the hi-fi to have wood. And that looks a bit MDF to me, but yeah, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe we're moving into Marantz territory. I don't know. I'm just mm. looking at the uh, the lovely pictures. It does it look pretty nice. nice. Six hundred. I mean, it's not. It, it's not. It's not the cheapest. It's like six hundred and fifty euros. But often cases aren't aren't. You know, not. I mean, I th- what's the? Uh, it's a lot more expensive than the Artoria uh, Rack Brute, which I think for something of a similar size is only about two hundred and twenty quid. But it hasn't got any of those utility utility utilities. So I suppose it's not maybe not so important but i just thought it's i mean i guess the thing is also i mean both of these first two pro- topics are really kind of like quite niche you know so there there are these there are people who are kind of coming up with these these kind of solutions to problems within this kind of ecosystem which i think i, I quite like that and the fact that um there's that sort of level of innovation because i mean as we've seen you know in, in terms of actual synthesis we're all quite pedestrian when it comes to kind of radical change but kind of tweaking with what we know and making you know maybe that's how you incrementally uh, eventually I get think that's a big part, change partly a clue isn't it it is what we know i think if i knew nothing at all about synthesis and i wanted to get into it i would get into eurorack uh, I wouldn't want to learn synthesis on a computer, I don't think. I'd want to be able to get hands-on with it. But because I know how it works, I don't I don't have quite so much kind of drive to have the knobs and buttons in front of me because I, I can program some kind of controller to do all that. So I feel like I've got more flexibility by having it in software but um, yeah. because I can make it do what I want it to do rather than being constrained by the way somebody's designed it. I can design it myself. Or not having enough modules or whatever. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. No, that's so, true. Um, if I was beginning and I wanted to have something really cool in my living room that I could make extremely brilliant noises with and I wanted to know that it was all in the analogue world and I could impress uh I don't know. People. <laughs> Other people with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably yeah. buy a whole load of it, but at the moment, I'd, yeah. It's not That's interesting. I don't know. I, I'm Yoad. I mean, I know you know recallability and repeatability is quite important in you know in mm-hmm. all of our worlds, and especially in yours where you're Absolutely. you're running through sessions quick. Have you tried any of the software modular stuff to sort of see whether you can get what you need from that? I have back in the day. I used to use the Creamware uh, modular uh, the the scope modular oh, right, okay. uh, synth with which that was, was really, really good. good yeah that was amazing the it, it, in general i mean all the scope synthesizers back in the day i think that just now with the monarch and and things like that um you get to the to a similar kind of quality just from the oscillators i i have to to mention the the element too uh in in that uh, in the same breath but um it's like a, back in the day, it was absolutely amazing. All the synths that, that were made for, for the Scope uh, platform were absolutely amazing, uh, and the, the modular included. Uh, so that was good. But I don't know. I kind of like the... Like the hands-on theor- aspect of it, yeah. Yeah, in, in theory. But I, again, I don't have time to, to deal with it because of the recallability and things like that. So maybe, I don't know. Not it's sure interesting, isn't it? Because I think, um, if I remember correctly, the Scope platform, I don't know if it used Sharked or, or it used Motorola's, yeah, but Shark. it Shark. used Shark chips, didn't it? And that was before, that was when the, those specialised DSPs were way streets ahead for real-time processing against what you could actually do in, in the regular and, computers. And, and also, yeah, and, uh, exactly, because everyone were, were using uh, DSP at the time, which was fixed point, and that and the Shark is floating point, which gave it 32-bit floating point in, in the kind of late 90s and, and early 2000s, which gave it enormous uh, headroom. And uh, I still have one machine here, which is uh, a, a scope machine, which has all the synths and stuff. And I'm again, I'm not using it because life is too short. And, uh, and like what <laughs> Rich said, it's just you, you have stuff on the screen and you just get on with the program and, and just do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just point out in the chat room, uh, I think it's uh, oh, it's gone past. Now, uh, Matthew Tyre says it says 18.00 hertz. So that's probably 18 kilohertz if it's done in sort of euro figures. So it's probably... Well, not, not, well I, I, I didn't read it as such because right. the if you look at the not 0.001, 
that would make it 10 seconds, but then the, the 18.00 would make it 18 hertz. Right. So I, I think it's okay. a We need some clarification there. But anyway, um, you want to check that out. It's uh, it, uh, MTBISM, uh, which is uh, www.mtbism.com, and uh, it's the mechanism, and it's going to be about 650 euros, and it looks actually like it could be a good solution if you're looking for a rack that has a bit more... Uh, stuff going on in it. Right, um, I think at this point we'll just uh, have a message from our friends at Isotope. This is Ozone 8, which is the mastering and uh, processing plug-in suite. allows you to basically, it starts with the mastering assistant. The mastering assistant takes machine learning and also the content of your own audio and then make suggestions on what sort of processing you might want to do to get to the place at which you want your master to sound like so it's actually a good starting point uh, obviously you don't have to use that but it's very intelligently done you can also uh, master your tone with tonal balance control which gives you kind of visual representations of the four bands that the energy needs to be uh, about within to again attain that the the sound that you're looking at looking for lots and lots of different presets uh, the ability to control other aspects of Ozone 8 or other instances of Ozone 8 and also Neutron 2 from within the same session. So if you're working on getting the master, you can fix a mix issue or you can tweak something on a particular track which will change the overall balance and allow you to figure out what, what's going on. Uh, lots of visual clues as to how, to how to achieve the sound that you're after, which is also very handy because, I mean, obviously just speakers, if you're an expert, then great. But if you need some extra visual help, you can do uh, things where you can compare tracks check out the, the spectral uh, content of them and just essentially just tweak and pull and twist until you get to what where you want to be you can load up to 10 references from a folder uh, break it down into different uh, sections so you can say a b a b and you can get the uh, game slider to match the game so you get a much closer reference point uh, spectral shaper allows you to tweak the harshness and shrill so you can kind of reduce particular annoying frequencies and just smooth out the mix. There's a whole bunch of things that you can do with Ozone. Uh, if you want to check it out, go to isotope.com slash ozone, and they have a 10-day free demo there. Uh, we also got a competition. Um, last week, we asked uh, uh, you to tweet the hashtag Mastering Suite and Ozone 8, and we've got a winner in uh, the form of at Martin Roxart. So Martin R-O-X art. That's the Twitter handle. If you want to get in touch, we'll ensure that you get your copy of Ozone 8 sent to you. And we've got another competition this week. Uh, we're looking for the hashtag. This is on Twitter, I should point out. You need to twist, tweet the hashtag intelligent mixing, which is one word, Ozone 8, another word, uh, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. So tweet the hashtag intelligent mixing and the hashtag Ozone 8 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And anyway, if you feel like it, use up those extra characters, send us a message, let, let us know how you're feeling, you know, whatever you can put it in there. I know Isotope monitor that, so perhaps you don't want to be too rude about it or risque, but, you know, you've got extra characters. Use them up. Right. So um, that was a cool case. And, oh, yeah, look, we've got another um, soft tube. The console one, which is something that's been going on for Ever quite a while. They've, they've now introduced Cubase integration. DAW on the market. Now, the next level of control is here. In Cubase 9.5 and above... Vital DAW functions can be controlled right from the Console One hardware. The new Console One software allows the DAW track selection to be reflected in Console One and vice versa. As always, the Console One output volume and pan knobs can be used to control the corresponding settings in the Console One software. But they can now also be switched over to control the pan knob. Anyway, suffice to say, um, the deeper integration, I mean, Console One, as we've seen uh, um, in the past, has it's one of those things that seems to be like a marmite thing lots of people just absolutely dig it because essentially you've got a channel strip and control in front of you which for many people who perhaps aren't working with mixing desks and like a bit of hands-on it really does kind of bring back a more physical relationship with it, with the actual process of mixing um and as i say i think it's about 499 us dollars let me see what was it uh yeah 499 it comes with an ssl 4e channel and then you can add all the various bundles i think it also um integrates with the Apollo stuff. Um, I'll come to uh, you first, Yoad. I don't know if you've tried console. Well, I mean, you've got a console, so perhaps you probably wouldn't, but perhaps when you're working out of home, is this sort of thing that you like? I mean, is it... Oops, excuse mm. me. 
Say again. I had your fader down. My, my oh, mistake. Sorry. I do I do like controlling stuff um controlling synths and stuff with my with my con- kind of a custom made controller uh for everything else I tend to use the mouse but I have this idea and I would like to challenge maybe someone who who's you know kind of uh, programming Arduino and and stuff like that I have this thought you know on uh, on certain uh, doors and certain plugins when you hover above a knob you can you can change it with a with a scroll with a mouse scroll ah uh, yeah so so why not make a, a controller because let me tell you what my problem is with controllers we, when i use controllers i tend to look at them look at the screen and use the mouse so it's like three things that i have to to worry about rather than just the kind of natural thing of looking at the screen and cha- changing stuff with the mouse so but if I had like one knob that when I would hover above a control on the screen would let me turn it with acceleration and all, that would be an ideal solution for me. So uh, I don't know if, if anyone's watching who can program stuff like that. I know there's a problem because um, scroll is actually not a continuous control, but rather it's like almost like arrows almost like page up and down so it's a continuous so if you if you use touch automation mode then you can't use the scroll wheel while doing that but i think it could be quite i don't know it's something that that i would like to see uh with regards to to that um hardware controller it looks interesting i'm not like i like i said i'm i'm i don't tend to use uh stuff like that because right. of, of of the fact that I have to look at the screen, look at something else, look, you know, it's an it's an, an extra kind of complex, com, you know. Uh, right. Okay, that's interesting. I, I think the idea, the obviously the idea with the soft tube thing is you you can select tracks and do it that way. But uh, it's an interesting. I, I'm pretty sure we looked at something. Um, I think Rich, you might have been on the show. Do you remember it's like a trackpad type thing that enabled you to when you're over a certain thing. A certain control, the trackpad would just allow you to swipe or uh, have relative. I forget what it was. It was gesture control over over DAW parameters, and I can't remember what it is. But uh, I don't know whether that. Have you have you uh, um, have you seen the console one? I mean, it's been around for a long time, and they reduced the price quite recently. So I mean, it's it, it seems to have legs, and like I say, people who it's, use it. I see it everywhere these days. Oh, really? A lot okay. of people have. A lot of people seem to have gotten them and really like the integration with the SSL console emulation that they provide. I had a funny moment talking about it uh, with one of the members of our band, and I pointed out to him that Pete Townsend was part of the ad campaign for the console one controller. And he looked at me and he went, Pete Townsend? He can't hear anything. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) notoriously quite deaf. Which is funny because it's sort of legendarily true, but it's kind of funny. Um, apparently it's a really, really cool and fun thing. And even friends who I expected would have really been upset at not having a fader, which is sort of the biggest complaint about the thing is you're running knobs for everything, including level, and you don't have even a fader to run your, your level on. And I know they've heard that cause I've actually talked to them about it and, uh, they may someday come to be a console to the oh, I, fader. Okay. But in the meantime, nobody seems to be missing it, and uh, everybody seems to like this thing. It would make sense, wouldn't it, just have a fader a, a little bit on the end with just a single fader that would be active, or you could have it just be the master fader or the active channel fader. That would kind of make sense. Can I can I add something to, to just that? Sure. Um, basically, I took a, a cap out of a fa- out of a, of a mixer, and I glued it on top of the modulation wheel. And so that when I when I convert that to you know to control number seven, I actually have a fader which is like the old EMI desk, which <laughs> which kind of goes like that. And that that's that's kind of does it. That's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. That, 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 brilliant. That's what a great idea, Mark. I don't know. I, I mean, you know, again, you sort of we like many of us. You've probably been through hundreds of controllers, and you know they always promise so much, and then you always end up just sort of thinking, actually, I just want to reach for something and not have to spend half my life mapping stuff. And this kind of goes some way towards that, at least for mix control, right? 
It might do. I mean, the fact I, the fact it kind of marries up with all that universal audio stuff appeals to me because that I sort of got into that for a bit and then now I don't have it anymore and I'd like to have it back. Um, but I've got an Ableton push. So I have to really sing praises for, or actually I've got a push too. And my whole world or coming into this whole world of music technology with this, was with an Akai S1000. So I had a small screen in front of me and a couple of big knobs and I could whiz around that whole software architecture really quickly using that. And the whole push to ethos for me seems to have the same feel as an Akai S1000, except you've got more knobs. So if I click on an EQ in Ableton, in fact, I, I'll, I'll say that differently. If I go to an EQ in Ableton, because you don't ever have to touch the computer when you're using push, it just comes up and it shows me graphical representations on a small screen of what I'm likely to be able to EQ and, and or whatever plugin I'm, uh, I bring up. It, it gives me an intelligent representation of that and a whole load of knobs. So I don't know about this. I mean, it's, I guess it's more specialist and more away from creation and more into mixing, perhaps. Yeah, so yeah, it might for be sure. useful for people who are mixing. But in terms of music creation and being able to get hands on and being able to adjust things, push two is where it's at for me. And for Yode, why don't you buy another mouse with a Look scroll thing on it, hit it with a hammer, take the control, the scroll wheel out, put a glue a barrow onto that, right? Yeah, but the thing is, like, like I said, the, 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 the but the, the scroll is actually, it's not a continuous control. It's actually a bunch of up and down controls. So when, you, oh, when say, you're okay. in touch, when you're in touch mode, it's, it's unusable. But I want to, to show if you can see it, my, ah. I have the complete Akai, you know, from, from back in the day, I have the beloved yeah, S1000. That... And how how's yeah, the how's the how's the finger grease on the uh, on the uh, on the oh, cursor keys? Lovely. And you and you know that you know that on the S three thousand, um, if you mess about with it uh, for for too long, it it gives you a message: call Richard with a phone number. Really? So, Have you so ever... someone 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 kind of uh, like. You know, it must have been one of the programmers who put like a um, an Easter egg it? in there, an Easter egg in there, which is which is kind of nice. Wow, I wonder if wow. Richard would ever. It's not you, Rich, is it? <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> you haven't had any random calls from from I'm going to die. Let's see if you pick up. <laughs> Go ahead, please. I'd love to speak to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm randomly calling people as I know. No, but I think it has like six digits on on the number, so it's like back, it's not back in the name. day. Yeah, ah, right okay no i mean it was it was sometimes in the 80s but probably not anymore interesting so i mean but that that's an interesting point so it seems like console one and push two are both quite sort of uh definite sweet spots within their creative requirements i mean obviously yeah. console one it, it like I say it's not an input device for playing notes and stuff it's just for mixing and that side of things and and again it's one of those things that you like the idea of i think um, we had a look at one a while back and uh, gaz found it very frustrating because he, he didn't want to have to put console one across all of his uh, door channels to be able to use it and i think the integration means you don't necessarily have to do that but i'd have to double check because it's been a while since we've had one in but it's the sort of thing for w when you're mixing there is the ability to be able to just hold a knob and sort of look away and change the angle of where you're listening in the speaker sometimes gives you that extra perspective to kind of go, yeah, okay, I'm hearing where that is. I mean, maybe that's just psychoacoustic yeah. and not, but I that's think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and to if be you able think to do... about it, yeah. If you think about it, this uh, what's this? Console one is four hundred ninety nine dollars, is it? Yeah, but it comes with thing... it comes with an SSL four thousand G or E plugin as well. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. But I mean, if you, if I my push two also does that whole thing about switching between different keys and different uh, yeah. modes of playing, so I can quantize all of my scales on that. So kind of push I two so, does yeah. a little bit of console one and the first thing we looked at maybe. Yeah, that's true. Just a thought. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. That's fair enough. Um, okay. Well, if you want to check that out, um, you can get it on Cubase now. So there you go um right oh yeah here we go google are at it again with their artificial uh intelligence I'm this is some of the with this idea 
every time we see a new technology come along, artists take interesting bits of that technology and turn it into new ways of making music. From ancient instruments through to the 808 drum machine, transforming the technology into something of artistic merit. My name is Doug. I'm a research scientist on the Google Brain team, and I run a project called Magenta. We're a research group dedicated to understanding how to use machine learning in the space of the arts. Right, it's quite a long video, but uh, yeah, the Google Brain team. Imagine having that on your business card. That would make you kind of seem to be like... Uh, probably one of the world's smartest people. But what they've done is they've created this thing called NSynth Super and they've built themselves a hardware. Essentially what it does, if I, and I think I've got this right, is it will analyse the input, the sonic fingerprint of uh, instruments and then apply them, or, or, or morph between them. So it's very similar in many ways to uh, the Hartman Neuron, except obviously using... Uh, more uh, neural networking and what have you. So it, it's not trying to compose, it's trying to compose sound. And what they did is they built themselves a piece of hardware, which is this thing here, which is the Entity Super. You can get all the design documents and the kind of, you know, the the, the uh, 3D printer things and what have you. You can build it yourself. But I think what's interesting, there's two things that are interesting about this. One, that it's another crack at that, what essentially sounds like crossfading, because when you move between those sounds, it sort of morphs between the sounds. But also the fact that Google are kind of taking the idea of synthesis, you know, and, and letting their, what must be an extremely expensive research team work on that, which is great. I don't know, what do you think, Rich? Do you think Google will be releasing a synth soon? Looks like they're thinking about or somebody's thinking about using that technology to do so and it's hard for me to comment on this product without actually physically interacting with it and sure. hearing it for myself because quite honestly the demo was almost stunningly underwhelming to me yes but um and this idea first of all the whole thing is loaded with you have to like weed through all of this market speak that i've been listening to for 35 years about how this is going to change the way we make music and how it's going to change the way sounds are created and all these wonderful new sounds are going to be possible that were never possible before because now you can morph the attack of a trumpet onto the body of a guitar that then plays the sustain of a harp or whatever you know it's I'm from Missouri, as we say, the show me state. I'm looking forward to hearing somebody show me some magnificent results on this thing because I ain't heard it yet, but it yeah. might be there. It might be there. I, and it is. It, it does sound a bit like that whole kind of crossfade thing, which the new the neuron was doing amazing things under the hood, but it sounded just like crossfade. And we've talked about this before. Uh, Yoad, you said you uh, completely agree. So I'm guessing you completely agree. <laughs> uh, exactly. So you can move on. No, but I'm, <laughs> I mean, what, what I mean is that this this um, this device, it, it resembles um, a physical modeling kind of XY controller, which takes the, the, the qualities for, for different... Uh, uh, for strumming, for this and this, and and kind of combines them together. I like to, you know, the the sculpture plugin from from uh, Imagic from Logic comes to mind, which is a, a beautiful synthesizer, physical modeling synthesizer. Um, I like Rich said, I, you know, it looks nice. It has kind of a rainbow kind of colored screen and and stuff like that. Uh, what else i haven't it sounds like a like a kind of mediocre synth so i don't want to diss it before i i kind of know more about it but i but i just didn't get into reading all the all the stuff that that you know so so i'm i'm looking for for proof yeah, I wonder because I mean the brain team obviously smart boffins and they must have liaised with a few musicians to be able to get the stuff in there. But maybe they're kind of they they weren't as creatively uh, taxing the system as perhaps some other individuals who might have had uh, something to put in. Rich, you look like you want to come in. There. Instrument design is a, is a science and an art, and. I don't care what kind of degrees, and I don't care how many times they use the words neural and network in a sentence. If it doesn't sound, feel, and operate musically mm -hmm. as an instrument, it's pointless. then yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, and oh, I they might completely. get there, and they may know, and they may know far more than it's than is apparent from that video, and it may actually be really, really, really cool. But on the other hand, I thought it, it was cool. Another okay, Mark, go. And in I the, thought it was cool. 
Um, because it, it reminds me a little bit. I've got a piece of software called ImageLine Morpheus, which is part of the Fruity Loop software, but it also works as a standalone or as an AU or a VST. And it analyzes sounds, and then you put four sounds in different corners, and then you can morph between those sounds. So if it goes any way to work the way that that does, but this looks like it does and does it slightly better, uh, it could be really cool. And I listen to all of those. If you there's somewhere I don't think it's on the page that you sent the link for, but if you follow some of these links, uh, they've got all these kind of before and after. So the sound of something before they analysed it, and then the sound after, and it gets it so wrong that it gets it wrong in an interesting way. So there's uh, an example of someone saying something like hi there or hello there or something and then the uh, the resynthesized version is this really strange sort of robotic thing so i think as an effect uh, or for creating sounds that haven't been created yet that it could be quite a useful thing in the same way that um uh, the whole auto-tune and retuning thing has now become a thing uh, with vocalists after share kind of did that in a very affected way I think it has uh, capability of creating something uh, as a musical effect rather than trying to replace a musical instrument. And if it becomes a new musical effect or a new musical instrument in its own right, mm. uh, simply because it doesn't do things as well as we expect it to, uh, then I think it could be a cool thing. That's acceptable, I guess. Yeah, well, you can download all the stuff. So I, actually, I, I was just looking because I, I recall uh, we did a review of, uh, uh, actually, Ben Crosland did a review of BT Phobos, which is similar in the way that it, uh, it, uh, it physical models or it, uh, it resonates or transforms sounds through, through uh, I'm trying to think, convolution engines. So you can take one sound and convolute it through another sound. And exactly. through another sound, and then more, which is, I mean, it's massively CPU intensive, but musically, it kind of, it, it, it's more interesting. It seems to yield some very interesting and kind of weird results, rather than this kind that's of where, hey, look. That's where um, it's a snare. It's a flute. Synth sounds that we hear and things, you know, like the THX Dolby sound, those kind of sounds that come from cross morphing these things and just creating these massive senses of space. I think. It, it could be good for making those sorts of things if it works in the way that I think it's going to work. Yeah, well, it, we don't know how much work is involved in, ana in analysing. He's not muted, no, he's just... just no, uh, I'm not, I'm just waiting my turn. I thought he was just... <laughs> I thought he was ready to say something. He was coming back with something then, I thought. But. I was. I, I forgot my thread at the train of thought, actually. You go, Rich. I'm sorry, Nick. That's all right, no Well, problem. it just seems to me that there's a glut of... I mean, every day, my email box is filling with another software company's version of what Mark has just described. Some version of what well, uh, NI called rise and hit or, I mean, it's all this soundtrack oriented sound generation machines. Mm -hmm. I yeah. get like three of them per day. It seems <laughs> literally in my mailbox every day, another one from another company that's got some kind of like impact sounds and some kind of backwards combined with forwards getting you there. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think um, because making that stuff is complicated, so I suppose the idea, I mean, that there are two yeah. routes on there because, I mean, if you talk to someone like Ty who is living and breathing the kind of media composing thing and has to do like 17 cues a day or whatever, some ludicrous amount of things, they don't have time to sit there and kind of create these beautiful soundscapes for every single thing. So there's there's two routes. You do that or you buy a library and use it before anybody else has so that you can actually sort of claim that as your, the you know, oh yeah, that guy did that amazing stuff, but it may well be that, you know, the, the libraries and these instruments help create that sound and define it, but you're still making the creative choices of what to use and where and deciding the interpretation. So it's a, it's, it, it's a sort of valid approach, but it, it's, it's the sort of thing that tends to happen for people who don't have time to build those amazing sounds. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that yet. I mean, you know, I'm sure you do, you'd, you'd love nothing more than to be able to sit there and come up with these amazing notes that you could use once. Well, I, I would like to say one thing from uh, a guy who's been uh, involved in R&D of, of audio products for, for the past uh, 20 years and rather than a, a music uh, producer and, and mixer. Uh, when it comes to um, kind of morphing between sounds, what you usually... So you have, you have several approaches to that. One is is 
basically formant morphing where you take which is like a voc vocoder where you take the the formant kind of frames from one sound and apply them to to a different sound source uh, and this creates a vocoder now the more uh, usually when you tr when you apply things like that like morphing you get something like mark said you get something that sounds like a vocoder because there's no kind of way around it. The other way of dealing with something like that is, like like um, was mentioned, uh, is convolution. Now, the holy grail with convolution, basically, once you convolve a, a sound source with a single sample impulse, you create the identical, uh, you replicate the identical source. Now, the, and that includes... So that that will cancel out. So that's a that's a an a, an optimal kind of uh, result. The the further you get f while convolving one sound with uh, from an uh, an absolute impulse, well, a single sample, you get uh, the transients completely smeared. So uh, so basically, convolving two signals will create very interesting results but it will stay in the kind of soundscape yeah, uh, because you don't result. get that, right okay so, you get yeah. yeah so you can convolve a snare drum with a with a sine wave or this and that but you will always always get something which is very kind of elusive and without punch the holy grail oh, is is ah, to get okay. something with with a punch and and presence uh, and that's yeah. why I think uh, all those products are, tend to to be like soundscape and uh, atmosphere and things like that. So ah. we need to get some FM FM synthesis in there. If we mash we, some FM synthesis, something in the front like of convolution. Uh, yeah, but FM FM is very single kind of dimensional. No, um, what I'm thinking like the Roland D50, like the LA synthesis, where they had the uh, attack partial and then they had the sustain partial. You could have the attack as FM, in a way, but in, in a way, but I think that these, and then the convolution to get your sustain, right? Kind of, kind of, but I think that these days, I don't, uh, I can't program it, but someone, might, someone yeah, might. no, um, these days people expect to have something which is a little bit more sophisticated than a PCM attack with a synthesized um, traditional kind of sub sub subtractive uh, synthesis. So the, like Falcon, still a lot. Like what? Falcon, Falcon, UVI Falcon does some of that stuff actually. But yeah, it's still kind of very much and, PCI. Yeah. P, uh, it's still much, very much PCM based. Uh, the the Holy Grail. It it takes a lot of computing power, a lot of processing power. It takes a lot of algorithm work. Uh, we're still quite a long way from that. Um, you know, I I I know that every kind of credible and uh, and uh, serious algorithm uh, company or brand is is trying to to work on these things and uh, i think we 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 still quite a, a long way to go but it will be i, I can what i can right. say that it's going to be very interesting what will happen in that kind of um, territory in the next uh, 5 years Right, I guess it's probably down to computing power uh, to a degree. That's very interesting. I hadn't really that that explains kind of a lot about these things, anyway. So, um, I think probably uh, this feels like it might be a good time to uh, to wrap things up because uh, um, we have got some other. So, did you want actually before we do that, did, Mark? Did you want to quickly have a look at the uh, the Roland um, TR eight hundred eight that's been added to the cloud? Let's have a look. Where's that? Legendary. I'm Here we go. Quite surprised, but because I knew Roland were doing this um, this subscription-based thing, but I'm really surprised by the price. Actually, it just seems to me that for a year to pay 185 pounds and to get everything, that seems like a really good deal. Interesting. Interesting. That, that I should quickly. I, I think. I mean, can I just quickly put? Year, can I put I, this up quickly? Sorry, yeah, this is the, they they announced the TR8 rhythm composer. I mean, this seems to be what they're doing because of the uh, all the IRA stuff is obviously ACB, which is code based. So anything that they release for ACB, they can basically make in software. So they're releasing them concurrently, and their system is you pay I think it's twenty bucks a month, 
and you get access to all of it. And now that they've built this up, and when it started, it perhaps didn't have enough to kind of make it seem to warrant it, but now it does. Sorry, I just wanted to put that in a position, Mark, so you give I it some context. Like, I mean, year after year, I feel like I paid several hundred pounds for a program called Logic, and then they turned it into Logic Audio, and I paid several hundred pounds for that. A couple of years later, I paid several hundred pounds for an upgrade to version three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine even was very expensive, the upgrade to that. And then suddenly they made it really cheap, which kind of broke that model because Pro X is only like 130 pounds or something. But with everything else, mm -hmm. like Pro Tools, I I do I did subscribe to that for a while. Um, it seems every time you buy something the computer manufacturer changes the operating system your dongle changes in the back you have to throw it in the bin so all your hardware is nonsense and it just seems i'm buying all this stuff anyway over a period of time so if i was just paying a subscription of 185 pounds a year i i almost feel like i would pay less money doing that than i have been just uh, by buying the software and buying into the upgrade path so it seems um I don't know. It just looks good to me. That's interesting, so, isn't it? I, I, because that there's there's a real uh, there's a real reticence to to kind of uh, to go for that model. Rich, I, I I don't know. You know, there's the sense. You know, in the same way that we like to own the stuff that we use, but in fact, you know, it kind of almost makes sense. It's like leasing a car, I suppose, where or you pay a rental and then you know, the car breaks down, they fix it or whatever. You know, it's that sort of. You don't then have to worry about that sort of side of things. So it's maybe it's going to make more sense this model eventually. Maybe. Certainly they think it will, and they see that as their financial future in a time where selling things as a, on a one-off basis is a lot more difficult than it used to be. Um, and pretty much everybody is trying to get you to sign up for their subscription-based software service and not be selling you individual copies of, of, in, of pieces of software. I guess everybody's looking. I mean, subscription services have pervaded our lives since my childhood in every aspect. And yeah. it seems to be the holy grail of money making in this, uh, in our sort of Western quote unquote democratic economies is to do this. And uh, I don't know. I don't feel, for example, I understand Mark's point about this. And in fact, if you were to miss and want to use Roland gear a lot over the course of a year, 215 bucks to do it is not a tremendous amount of money. And I can get, I get that. And that's not a bad thing either. On the other hand, once I, I guess I have to constantly commit whatever I'm using because there's going to come a year where I don't have that. And I'm going to want to hear that sound. Um, yeah, that's the that's the yeah, that's so. Yeah, you're a, not going to be able to change it after a certain point without rebuying it, um, because you don't own it. And I realize you don't own the software you think you own anyway, and it's just a license to use it and all that. But but the point is, for the the amount of Roland synths that I actually miss using bad enough to want to pay for them, I can just go to UVI and buy their samples and use them when I need them. Um, it, it's not that big a deal to me to be turning those particular knobs when I'm doing synthesis. It could be somebody else's knobs, if you'll pardon the expression. Yeah, I get that. I know, Yoad, I mean, you know, obviously you have a, you're involved with uh, Wave, so you have a kind of software uh, developer's head on this, but it's an interesting, I mean, what Mark says does make a certain amount of sense, right? Yeah, and absolutely. Rich. Ab <laughs> absolutely. Um, I think that as a user um, this time, I would say that, you know, that, that basically what Roland offer is a value, is a theoretical value of £4,000 for £200 a year or $4,000 or whatever, uh, which is all well and good. But what I would like to see is something where I get this value, but from different manufacturers. So I get to pick and choose which products I want to use. I don't necessarily need four thousand pounds worth like of of four thousand pounds you know and i know that splice are doing something similar and i think it's early days yeah yeah but but plug-in alliance are you know they don't offer so what i would like to see is basically a, dis, a distributor who can get you like basically like amazon but on a subscription basis. so it's like form. netflix you know Whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, some some yeah, but Netflix Netflix is limited in content because they actually 
source yeah, but the content. That, but that's yeah, I, content. I would like it yeah. to be to be transparent. I would like to say, okay, I have I want to spend I want to buy or rent four thousand dollars worth of plugins, but I want to choose which ones I would like to pay for, and then I'm happy to pay two hundred pounds a year or two hundred dollars or whatever it is. Yeah, I, I'm sure somebody's going to figure that out, and it would make sense. And that maybe that's when it starts to get interest. But you sort of have to have everybody. You know, again, you need to reach critical mass for that sort of whole thing to work. And you know, Roland, the, you know, with the Roland thing, you're paying for their instruments. You're not getting like a load of effects processing and you know exactly. compressors and stuff. You're just getting that. So I can see, you know, and again, you know, you it's the same as if you say you're renting, you know, you pay a subscription to cable. You could watch a load of channels from a lot of different people. Some of them might be, you know, Sky who make their own stuff. Some of them might be licensed in, like, you know, whatever, however it works. And there's that. But then ultimately you still in most cases, unless you pay the real top draw subscription, you don't get exactly what you want. You don't get the a la carte thing. And that's something that, you know, that, that's all part of the upsell, but, isn't it, I suppose? Am I right in saying with the Roland thing, you get everything? That's what it says. And they Everything they, ma say, they make, yeah. Yeah, and then and you get everything it. that they bring out in the future as well. So it sort of seems, I don't know, it just seems more exciting somehow. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, I agree with that. But then it's 25, it's whatever it is, uh, $20 a month or something like that. Yeah. But just for the Roland thing, what about all my processing things like uh, all the all the plugins, SSL emulations, blah blah blah, that I need for mixing? What about all the sample libraries? I know that they they, they do some of that, you know. So if I if I want to cover all these bases, I would pay something more like I don't know three hundred dollars a, a a month rather than twenty dollars which makes it a whole different ball game and yes. i don't need all their kind of uh repertoire all their lexicon of of yeah you know, and of, then but then you get into that but hold on hold on Mark. but but then yeah. you get into the if i'm a just uh, if i'm a developer and my stuff is under an umbrella it's like how do i know i'm going to get paid you know how do i get paid because i can't sell a thing i can only sell that's, maybe that's a, a bigger license uh, so there yeah, are ways. On, there are ways. There are ways to, to take a look. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. There, there, there are ways to. Uh, that's that's not a problem. Once you once you get the the consumer to pay, there are ways of of distributing the the money, the royalties right. or the you know. however it works. Well, hopefully, yeah. yeah. But Sorry, Mark, did... I have I have several pieces of software that I've bought, and then to continue to use them, I have to pay, which annoys me actually. And you probably know which one, which particular software brand that is. Yeah. That I've bought, <laughs> bought many times and now I have to pay a service contract on top of that. So this, but Roland are saying, if you pay this, you just get it. Whereas things I've, some things I've got don't run anymore that I've bought. And it just, <laughs> I don't know, sorry, I've got to yeah. be very careful how I word this, I think. But yeah, I'm just no, I understand. Know I'm um. Yeah, okay. How many rolling? How many rolling synths you're going to use a year? You know, yeah, if you use a lot, then it's a great thing. The only yeah. thing is, I did just buy the Arturia Jupiter Eight version three. I just upgraded to that. So, do I need Roland's one? Is it better? Mm. Well, in it? theory, it's different. I'll bet it's different. It should in be. Theory, it ought to be better. Yeah. <laughs> From, like every Jupiter 8 on the planet, the real analog ones, every single, single one of them sounds completely different, right? So. Yeah, we could work on that theory. Well, it sounds like we've opened a bit of a can of worms here. Maybe we should uh, exit gracefully, uh, control alt yeah. delete, uh, and uh, and uh, wrap things up for this show. But thank you very much. That was a very interesting aspect of the discussion. I'm glad to, uh, we did bring that up in the end. Um, so, uh, Mark, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, and it looks like you know your system is working there. And uh, I hope you haven't got a queue of people who've broken their bottom e and uh, are just about I've to go on stage. I have had a few random people looking very bewildered by this because they're like, he's in the shop, but he won't open the door. Retail is the weirdest thing. People think they have the right to just stumble into your space full blast and do anything they want in here. They treat it like a public space. And it's just, it's taken me a long time to get used to the fact that people do that. And 
uh, and they've been annoyed that my door's been closed. So I apologize if you've come to my door trying to get in, uh, but I was doing this. So well, uh, you'll have to come back. Uh, I'm sure they'll come back later. <laughs> That's in Glastonbury High Street. Thank you very much, Mark, honey, for joining yeah, us. It's been a pleasure well. as ever. And also, thank you, uh, you Yoad Novo. Uh, thank you very much for joining us too. Uh, some very interesting perspectives on a lot of those subjects. Uh, I hope uh, the rest of your week will be enjoyable and you've got plenty to do and uh, and gainfully employed and all of those things. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. And Rich, of course, I guess we won't see you for a little while unless you're still around. Uh, if you're going to be back in the studio or on the road, I forget which one comes first. Oh, on the road, I well, think, isn't it? A week from today, I'll be in London uh, playing the Royal Albert Hall. And uh, then the following week, I'll be in Australia. So wow. <laughs> we'll see what comes. But uh, thanks, as always, for the great conversation. And I wanted to say uh, hi to Yoad's mom and say I hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs> I think yeah. I think she I think she she actually texted me that she dropped out by now. She, she doesn't understand yes. a thing, and she's watching the news. So oh, fair enough. Go. I suppose you know that's that's what you <laughs> tell got her. To I said hello, please. Yeah, we'll <laughs> okay, give it a well. There's no point in giving her away because she's not here anymore. Anyway, thank you, Rich. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Don't forget, if you want to enter the competition to win Isotopes Ozone Eight, uh, we're looking for a. a Twitter tweet, which is uh, the hashtag intelligent mixing and the hashtag ozone eight to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's it for this week. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll all see you next time. We'll give you a wave and then I'll end the show. Thanks very much, folks. See you next time. <laughs>